Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, why don't you let the audience know what we got today? All right, Adam. So today we're talking about self-leadership. And the very first word in that phrase is self. And that tends to be something that people care a lot about. And then leadership is just kind of this weighty catch-all buzzword. And so if you're talking about yourself and it's attached to leadership, I think people gravitate towards it and they want to know uh, more about it. And so people know when they talk about it, people will uh, want to listen. Yeah, it, it preaches well, right? It sounds really, it makes you sound really smart from a stage to, to talk about self-leadership. And this is the most important thing, the most important aspect of leadership. And so I, I like I like everything that's said after people talk about self leadership. I think that's really helpful. I'm just I'm just kind of snarky the, today about the the term. And so when I think of self leadership, and I've done all the you know whatever I've read on it, and I certainly have not read everything about self leadership. But as I sit down and think about it, and as I read you know the articles or whatever the chapters out of books that talk about it, what I really think people are getting at is self discipline. Would you would you agree? Or totally. Disagree? Which is not no one's showing up for that talk. Yeah. Self discipline. Yeah. Uh, come sit and listen for forty five minutes. The room's empty. Yeah, and so self leadership just sounds better. But I think it it really is an important aspect of leadership is that you've got to be able to take care of yourself or be self disciplined. You've got to uh, take care of your home, your side of the street, whatever analogy you want to use. It really is important that I, I there is some aspect of. Uh, of disciplining yourself and making sure there are certain things you're doing and certain things you're not doing that is going to really help you as a leader. So it's a highly relevant topic for all of us, especially those of us in church leadership. Yeah, it's good. So, you know, I've heard you kind of talk about some of these uh, concepts, Adam, before when you talk about self-discipline and you've got got this little four-part grid, which I think is super helpful. So what if we just walk through that and uh, share some of your insights and even kind of what you're doing uh, in regards to each of those categories around self-discipline? So go ahead. Great. Yeah. So the first one, I I broke it down into four H words. And so uh, they're head, heart, hands, and hope. And so for head... I think this is the first as- aspect of self-discipline or self-leadership is just this idea and this understanding that it is your responsibility to make sure you are continuously learning. So it, it's your job. It's not anybody else's job to make you read books, read articles, listen to podcasts, uh, watch YouTube videos, watch documentaries, whatever it is. That is that is nobody else's responsibility to do that it is your responsibility to do that. So if you're going to be a great leader and if you're going to be self-disciplined and you're going to continue to grow, then you're going to need information and that's your responsibility. You just go, hey, that's me. I'm going to look for those books. I'm going to make the time to read those books. I'm going to look for those podcasts. I'm going to make time in my schedule to make sure I listen to them. I just need to make sure I'm continuously learning. That's great. That's great. Do you have some examples of that just for you, what what that looks like uh, in your own your own life? Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm, I just am one of those, well, I bet that if anybody's listening to this podcast, I'm sure they're very similar to us and that they like to learn because otherwise you would be listening to sports talk right now or you would be listening to music. And so whatever you're doing in your life, you've made time to listen to this podcast. I'm going to just assume you're like us and you like to learn. So I'm like you, I like to learn too. So doing things like listening to podcasts, that's a part of my rhythm. Uh, Books, there's just something about a book. They're magical. Uh, I I like it. I, I don't hunt into me a book when I finish it and I put it on my bookshelf. I think I get the same rush that a hunter does when he 
puts like a deer on his wall or a bass on his wall. It just feels like in my weak little ex-CPA mind, that's my <laughs> that's my manliness as I'm like, I finished that book. And so there's just something exciting that I could not get when I was on the Kindle. And so that's why I switched back to the book so I could show what a hunter I was. Yeah, but the Kindle, you can you can send that tweet out and you can look cool. Like, I just finished this book. I did, but I just don't have many followers. And so it just felt better. Okay. And, and the tweet, like I can't fill my wall with tweets. I can fill my wall with these, with these colorful. To, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I'm actually, um, this year I'm actually trying to stack the books, um, in, at my home, uh, in my room for that reason. I just want to see how much I read this year. And uh, there's something about that. Like, I mean, the stack isn't probably as tall as I wish it was so far, you know? Yeah. Uh, and also there's incredible satisfaction in what I have read. So that's really interesting. Yeah. And I mean, in the line of what we do leading in churches, it's really hard to complete things, which is why so many of us, we love to mow our grass because it's like, I started it and I finished it and I looked and it was done and it was great in a book gives you a satisfaction of a, of a job complete. So I listen to podcasts. I like reading books, um, on wide ranging topics. And so I usually that, like, what books do I read? It's probably from looking at articles, different things I'll see on Twitter. You know, uh, we talked about this recently on a weekend message here. Everybody's an evangelist for something. And so if somebody read a great book, guess what? They tell you about it. So sometimes you don't even need to read the latest book review or follow the New York Times bestseller list or anything like that. Somebody's going to tell you if a book was helpful. And so just in our connected culture, it's really easy to find out about that. Um, you know, with, uh, with articles, I don't like reading. I don't read as many articles on the internet as, uh, like I know our friend Jeff Ward, that's his primary way of learning. He just, he loves reading blogs and articles, but he did share that one. We can put a link to this in the show notes for the, the weekend reader. Uh, comes in every Monday, and this guy he does such a great job of kind of curating four or five articles around a topic from wide ranging sources that I never would have. You know, I've I've read articles from the Economist. I've never done that. I felt so smart, which I know, John, that's part of your normal rhythm. But I'm not as smart as you, and so uh, I just feel so proud. I want to print it out and put it on my bookshelf when I'm done. But next to the uh, uh, next to the the head of the deer, uh, yeah. the, big, the big giant buck that you have. Uh, that's really good. Yeah. What are some of your favorites? How yeah, so I love the Economist. Um, it just gives me a, a uh, good understanding of what's going on in the world. I can kind of get pretty myopic in my own, uh, you know, little church, little neighborhood, and the world's just a big place, and there's lots going on, and it helps me to kind of think more globally than just uh, my neighborhood and uh, getting my kids to school on time, and uh, and also gives me a heart. I feel like for the world, um, I, I love TED Talks. Um, you know, you mentioned articles. I, I think a, 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 something that's been really helpful for me is finding people who consume tons of content and curate it and will send you one or two things. And so there's people in my life and when they when they send me something, uh, I always reply back with, that was really helpful. Hey, please, when you come across stuff like this, will you please send it to me? And it just saves me incredible amounts of time because they've scoured the, you know, the entire internet yeah. and found this yeah. one thing that was helpful. So uh, I, I love that. Um, I, you know, I, I love something that I know nothing about. The the older I get, finding something that is just I know nothing about. So an example of that is uh, I read a book uh, last year. It was Seven Brief Lessons on Physics. And it talked about quantum physics and things like that. I mean, things that I, I, I still can't explain to you. Um, but there was something about um, unraveling some of those ideas um, that, that really – you know, my, another podcast, I could tell you how 
I made jumps into my own leadership on that. But uh, And then also just kind of the responsibility of I've got to be a subject matter expert for whatever it is that I'm uh, tasked with. And yeah. so there's some things right now in my role that I just have new, new responsibilities I know nothing about. And so I'm chasing them down. And that means reading. That means setting up appointments with people who know a lot more uh, than me. And, um, and then just over you know lunches and phone calls, hey, do you know anyone who knows? Do you know anything about? And I'm um, trying to kind of piece together um, a complete and clear picture of things that I currently don't know anything about. But, but again, I think it comes back to having responsibility, self-responsibility uh, on this um, to make sure that your the head part is fully developed. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about this in our staff meeting this week of just uh, Todd, when he was leading our, our staff prayer time on Tuesday, just saying, hey, we cannot ever lose that that curious spirit we as leaders it is it is uh it is imperative that we constantly are learning new things and uh and it's so important yeah it always shows up like when they show a list of like characteristics of effective leaders curiosity always shows up yeah. in there and so um it, it feels a little squishy and so we don't you know we, uh, and there's not a tangible result uh, to it sometimes but it absolutely is always part of a uh an effective leader. So that's Good. great. So, yeah. so uh, if we want to lead well, one of the things we're going to have to do well is discipline ourselves to take to take responsibility for our head, to make sure that we are continuously learning. So the second thing I had on here was heart. It's our job to ensure that we are emotionally healthy. And so especially in church leadership, but really all aspects of leadership, when you're dealing with people, your emotions are going to go all over the place. We are emotional creatures. Everybody feels emotion every day. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you feel them. Our gauges are going up. They're going down. I think about my overall emotional well-being, just like the fuel gauge on my car. Sometimes it's up and full, and sometimes it's down. Sometimes it's halfway. Just like I have to take responsibility when I see that fuel gauge going down to take time, go to the gas station, get get gas back in the car. I have to do the same thing. I have to be able to read my heart. I have to be able to read where I am emotionally, and I have to make adjustments uh, when necessary. And that's my responsibility. I, and I know for years, this was such a big issue in my marriage for the first five or six years of my marriage. I thought it was Jackie's responsibility to take care of me emotionally. And it was like, we we had this moment, this day, it was the combination Mother's Day birthday for her. It was a day, it was a Sunday afternoon. It did not go well. We were in a huge fight. And the end, it was just like, oh my goodness, I've been hoping you would take responsibility for my emotional well-being. And it's made a huge difference, not only in my, in my marriage and personal life, but I think also in my leadership to go, that's my job, my job to take care of myself there. I love that. I think that gauge is such a great, it's a great way to think about that, right? So when your gas gauge uh, is on E, you'd never think, boy, the forces of the universe are conspiring against yeah, me or uh, God, why, where are my minions to put in the gas? You got, got to put gas in the car. Yeah. And when we frame it that way and we see it as our responsibility, I think we're much more tuned in and then we have control uh, over that. So that's really good. What What do you do, uh, Adam, just to you know make sure that um, maybe you are emotionally healthy and those yeah. gauges read what they should? A lot of it, I just wrote down, here's just three things pop in my head is number one is schedule, just trying to make sure. I mean, again, this is so cliche, just the busy, and if my schedule is going crazy, then that's just going to take take away a lot of energy. So it's it's like if you're on a road trip, uh, let's keep going with this gas analogy. You're on a road trip, you go through a gas tank multiple times in one day. So if you're going hard like that, your emotions could empty out uh, quicker than if your schedule is a little bit more paced or uh, slower as opposed to just driving around town or something like that. So schedule. And so what Jackie and I have done, just thinking personal life-wise, 
after years of just kind of thinking through this, we found that there are two nights in our week that are emotionally really expensive. And so that's the language we use. We just go, hey, these are the two nights that we try to protect where we don't do anything. This is just family time or her and I time. And we just notice that life is kind of better for us emotionally if we can protect those two nights. And it's Friday night and Sunday night. So Friday night, the end of the week, we're so tired. If we come home after a long week, we're tired. The boys are tired, especially when school's in session. We just found that if Friday nights, it's just the night that we can order pizza and just be together as a family and not have to rush them to bed and not have to uh, make sure we're getting to bed on time because we got to wake up the next morning. Friday nights at home, like that just is amazing for us. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. Sunday night, just to kind of start the week, right? We noticed that things, we get irritable, we get cranky and our gauges are low when those, both those nights are filled on a continual basis. So that's one thing we've done. People just the people I'm around. You have a great story about this, about a guy that you used to put on your schedule on a regular basis. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, you know, the, the bigger idea is that um, you want to make sure that, you know, especially in church work, there's just, there's a taxing, draining nature to uh, a lot of the relationships. That's the, that's the pastoral craft and uh, people that are needy, people that are hurting, people that aren't emotionally, spiritually uh, well, um, that's a bit of a drain. And uh, I heard one guy say he, what he does is he looks at his calendar and he basically assigns a color to every appointment, every meeting that he has. It's red, uh, red or green. So the reds are the kind of the energy drains and the greens are the energy gives. And he just makes sure that he's got, you know, some formula uh, to make sure that he's got some some green uh, to balance out some of the red. And so there's no way you could have parity uh, in that. That That's just very unrealistic. But uh, if, all, if all you saw your for your month was just a sea of red, uh, there's probably some uh, other appointments you could take or drop in there. And so for me, one of the, you know, there was a guy that, uh, that we know well, and he's just one of the most positive people I think I've ever been around. You know, the light bulbs just burn brighter when he's in the room kind of guy. And, uh, and I would just make sure that I would put him on my calendar, uh, about every two months. And, uh, it, it was, it was like just to sit there and, you know, have a meal with him and just talk about life and ministry and, uh, family. It felt like my heart was on a bit of a trickle charger. And so I'd go in there and, you know, the battery of my heart was, you know, call it at a five. And when I left without fail, uh, it was at eight or nine, you know, and I just, boy, the sun's shining brighter, the birds are chirping and I'm just ready. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I didn't see that as a sign of weakness. I saw that as a sign of self-responsibility that I've got to make sure that emotionally I'm good when I, uh, when I see the next person on my calendar, I'm not uh, kind of put out uh, by him. So that, that was uh, that was one for me. Yeah. Yeah. So what else? Yeah. I I mean, I think the activity, so, you know, to our great shame, here we are, we're 10 or 15 minutes into this podcast and uh, this this goes without saying. Obviously, our our relationship with Jesus. So, as cliche again, I don't. It, those are the basic blocking and tackling. I know everybody listening to this knows that, but I know we also need to be reminded of that. That apart from Him, we can do nothing. And so, if I'm not spending time with Jesus uh, regularly, engaged in prayer with Him, serving other people. Um, sharing the gospel, uh, meditating on His Word, like just those basic disciplines, uh, then then I notice the emotional gauges can go down uh, pretty quickly with all those. So I think those activities are, are just a constant, and those, those help with all of these areas of self-discipline and self-leadership, but some of the activities that directly impact the emotional health. I mean, I, I think the emotional health is oftentimes, and we'll talk about this here in a second too, with, with physical health. And so if I'm uh, 
just taking care of my body, then then I feel a little bit better about life too. And and the emotional gauges stay stay up a little bit, which I know is a big deal for you as well, John. I know you like getting out there and pounding the pavement and running and um, that's where you can work some stuff out and you just feel better when you're done. So again, we're not selling books with this information. This is <laughs> this is not glamorous stuff. This isn't great new information, but let us just remind you, sleep, right? So again, eyes rolling, I know, but I think that's one of the, the, the most fascinating numbers with one of these Fitbit fitness tracker things is just tracking sleep. Like I, it's the first thing I do when I wake up is how much did I get last night? And I'm telling you that stuff maps out with my emotions. It just does. It's true. I have no science to back it up, but I'm sure there are articles out there and people that have studied that. It seems like every article about sleep I read is to do it. And <laughs> so it's like, I think I get it. <laughs> I don't know if I need to read more. It's much easier to read uh, than it is actually to, you know, shut things down and actually uh, hop in bed and kind of trust God with all the uh, open loops. So any other just kind of hacks for you? Uh, Adam, anything you're doing just physically, emotionally, uh, sleep-wise, anything like that? I've got my one or two people as well that I just need to make sure I see those guys on a regular basis a couple times a week. And um, and so fortunately, one of them's on my team. And I was telling you a story the other day where I had something on my calendar that I needed to do, like a task to get done, not a meeting to go to. And he came in and I was like, I'm not going to do that task. I really just want to be with with this guy right now. And we were just laughing, talking about nothing. And it was, he left. And I was like, I think that was way more productive for me because the gauge went up uh, after he left. And so, uh, so that's been, that's been really helpful. That's awesome. Uh, you know, some for me uh, on the physical, I've, I've not had any sugar this entire year. So here we are. What? Yeah. yeah true story. And so no cake, no candy, no, uh, no, you know, salad dressings with anything. Uh, okay. Time like out. I think that's like, Philippians, right? Where Paul did not reveal he was in jail till like the, t- till the end of the letter. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm going, hey, if I'm in jail, I'm going to lead with that. And so That's how are you not walking into every meeting just, going, just by the way, know. Yeah. I have not had sugar. Uh, it's, it's been a really good discipline for me. And uh, it's not a, you know, listen, there's, I've got all kinds of issues with my, my eating, but um, sometimes there's, if you'll take one big, uh, one big step, a lot of the smaller ones will fall into place. And so that's been, that's been really helpful uh, for me just for my diet. And uh, physically, I still, I, I love to lift. I know you couldn't tell that and, uh, and, uh, and run. I know you couldn't tell that, uh, but boy, just what happens in my own head, the, emo- the gauge emotionally just starts to move if I'll put my running shoes on and go. And I mean, th- just this week, you know, I-, I came back and I was just full of energy and ideas, both for my uh, my ministry and also for my family. I could just crafted a really fun summer challenge for my family. And um, then that came out, out, out of a run. And, uh, and then the sleep is a massive one for yeah. me. And, uh, you know, Pam and I joke, my wife Pam uh, and I joke that Psalm um, 127 says that the Lord grants sleep to the ones he loves. And so when we're done with the day, you know, we pray, we kiss, Pam rolls over and she is out. And <laughs> <laughs> my mind's still going. So we always just joke, it's real clear, like where we stand um, with God, you know, because uh, she, God really uh, must love her uh, much more than me. But that's just something uh, that I have to take responsibility for. And so I'll, I'll always try uh, different things, different routines, shutting the, um, I know it's just, I know this is just so commonplace, but shutting down the, uh, the electronics uh, earlier, uh, trying not to solve 
the the hairiest problem on my plate uh, right at the end, uh, and then I will just try. I will. I'm I'm a sucker for anything that promises the possibility of of quicker sleep, including like I've got this mat that's got these little. Um, little pokey things on it that somehow is supposed to just help you relax. I'll lay on that. Sometimes. That sounds delightful. <laughs> a mat with little pokey things. <laughs> and, uh, and I've heard about this. I don't know if you've heard about this one, but there's a, uh, um, there's this little mat you can put under your bed that kind of chill. It's like chilled water and it will, uh, it will make it cooler. And I've not bought that, but I, but I've thought about it. That's the kind of steps that I would go through just to make sure, uh, that I'm sleeping well. And so for whatever it is for you, uh, both physically, you know, emotionally, your sleep, and you talked about just your time with, with Christ. Like you have to do those things. That's your job. It's your responsibility. No one else will do that for you. And so that is the the self-discipline. Uh, and the, that's a really, really big category that some of us uh, just neglect. Yep. So head, heart, third one would be hands. Uh, same, same basic theme here. It is your responsibility to make sure that you are getting better at what you do. And so... Um, the skills that are necessary for us to do our jobs well. So whatever your job is, and I know some people listening to this are not in full-time vocational ministry, so whatever your job is, that is your responsibility to get better at the skills necessary to do your job. Those of you that are on staff at a church, it is our responsibility to get better at the skills that are necessary to do our job. And so that's just something that, again, you cannot wait for your boss to come and say, hey, I noticed that you have a skill that you're... uh, missing. And so here is, I'm going to lead you there on how to get that done. That happens sometimes, but it's your responsibility to figure out what those areas are and try to get better at them. Yes. There's a few people that, um, that it all is scripted out for them. So for example, we were at the uh, Olympic training center this week, this, uh, actually this summer, you know, and they've got all these coaches, all this equipment and it's, it's scripted. Boy, they know every day they show up, it's already been decided. They do this, then this, then this, then this. Well, you know, unless you're an, an Olympic high jumper, uh, that's that's your job. You're both the athlete and the coach, and it's your responsibility. And uh, you've got to understand what it would take for you to be, um, you know, to, or take the next steps in terms of developing developing your hands. So, Adam, what do you do just for your own just personal development around kind of the uh, the hands and getting better at what you do? Yeah, well, number one, and I got this from you, and we were even talking about this before. Just our our culture that we have here is feedback. You've got to get feedback, and and not. And feedback from the right people, feedback from people who will love you enough to to tell you hard things. And so you need to, I mean, here's a great question that you could go ask people on your team. So people that you're leading or people that you're working under is just saying, hey, if there's one thing I could get better at to do my job well, what would it be? And then just don't give, don't qualify any of that. Maybe even send that on email so they don't have to look you in the eyes as they're talking or something like that, but just let them know, uh, no holds barred. Just tell me what is just one thing I can do right now. So feedback. And I think for us, uh, speaking specifically to those of us on staff at a church, uh, our skills are so different that are necessary to do our job well. And so it's not like getting better at um, operating a physical tool or getting better at a different surgical procedure or getting better at arguing a case before uh, a jury or anything like that. So for us, what we need to do is we need to get better at productivity, getting more done or getting the right things done. We've got to get better at listening, uh, listening to what people are saying, uh, understanding what they're saying, um, 
we got to get better at communicating or communication and, and communicating, not just in one-to-many settings, but in one-to-one and one-to-few settings, just making sure that we're delegating things well. And so I think I think we definitely have plenty of skills that we need to get better at. It's just some of them are a little bit harder, not, not quite as easy to know when did... You know, when do you cross over from not knowing how to listen and knowing how to listen? Well, that's different than how do I, I don't know how to use this tool and now I know how to use this tool. So it, it the, the, the lines are a little blurry and kind of mushy, but, but nonetheless, we still got to try to get better at those things. That's good. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have anything to add uh, uh, to that, that boy, feedback I think is the key. Yeah. And so it's interpersonal. Uh, it's for whatever it is that you're responsible for. If you had a, if you had a business and you had a product, you would constantly be doing market research and asking people how they perceive your product. And so whatever it is that's on your plate, you need to be doing the same thing. Yeah. And so you're still the leader. You don't want to uh, cower to every whim and every idea that someone has, but you need to understand uh, how this is uh, affecting others, how your leadership, how your ministry, how your uh, program or ideas uh, you know, is, is hitting the ground and is being received. And that can only be done by feedback, not by speculation or one single uh, raving fan that comes up and tells you that you're awesome after yeah, every time absolutely. you do the thing. Uh, you want to discount that person and also go out there and find and out. I was so encouraged at our CLC. We had an opportunity to get, I had an opportunity to spend some time with six pastors that have been in ministry way longer than me, right? Much more education than me. And we got to sit down for a couple of days and they just wanted to get better at preaching. And I was like, man, that that is so great. That is a skill that they need to use on a weekly basis where God has them. They've preached more sermons than I've ever preached, but they still said, hey, I want to get better at this. And so let's sit down with other practitioners and other preachers, and let's just try to get better at doing that. And that was them just taking responsibility, going, hey, I still, I haven't arrived. I haven't graduated. There is no finish line. I can keep getting better. And I thought that was really encouraging to me. Just go, man, I want to be like those guys. I want to keep, keep trying to get better at that and take that personal responsibility. So you got your head. You're responsible for continuous learning. Your heart, you're responsible for your emotional health. Hands, you're responsible for getting better. And then the last one, and this one uh, is hope. And and I'd say it this way. It is your job. You got to take responsibility for where you want to go and uh, and where the future is going to be. And where this one came out of is I've had a lot of conversations with young leaders, and I've been this young leader, where when I thought about the future and where it was that maybe the Lord was leading me or what my profession or vocation, what it's going to be, I just wanted somebody older and wiser to just tell me what I should do with my life. And I think the more I've progressed, uh, I've been out of college now over 25 years, and I've yet to tell me, uh, or I've yet to have one person come up and pull me aside, put their arm beside me and go, I've been watching you for 18 years and this is it. This is exactly- Which would what be kind of creepy. It would be. Had, yeah. Probably somebody has told me that and it's just been the weirdest thing. It's just like, no, I'm not going to become an ice skater, right? Like, I don't think that's what what is in it for me. And so um, so anyway, we, we just, we, we cannot delegate or abdicate responsibility of doing the hard work of thinking about our future. And I, and I think that's our responsibility to just go, hey, I, I, I can only steward my life, you know, really, it, it, it's my responsibility. Nobody else can steward it uh, as well as I can. And so that's my job to figure out, Lord, how have you wired me based on where I am, where I am in the country, where we are in this day and age, 2018, uh, right now, what, what's, what, do you, what do you want me to do? And it's my job to seek and pursue the Lord on that and not, not expect somebody else to tell me uh, what my future is. 
Wow, man, you're like a harsh coach. Because most people are going to put, you know, uh, generally this talk goes, someone puts their arm around them and said, hey, it's going to be okay. And, you know, doors will open up and, uh, you know, you'll find your way. And you're just saying, listen, it's your responsibility. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think you've probably had these conversations. I mean, you've probably had them with me. I mean, I'm just going, in fact, I know the kind of where we were sitting at Jimmy John's and I was oh, contemplating no. a, a career change and I was Great like, John, life decisions what, are made at yeah, what, what should I do? And, and I was looking to you. I, I wanted somebody to tell me what to do. And I have been surprised at how much of a personal decision it has felt like. Now you can take this way too far. Okay. So, uh, you, you certainly, um, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 15, 22. Proverbs 13, 13, 20. That he who walks with the wise grows wise, companion of fools suffers harm. We could go on and on. You need people to speak into that. So if you think you should be a pastor and nobody else in your life who knows you well is affirming that. Other than your mom. Other than your mom, yeah. Like, yeah, because we want to avoid the American Idol audition, right? Like, I know that show's going away, but man, that was great television. enough. When those people would get on there and they'd sing and they'd be like, who told you you could sing? And it'd be like, my mom and sister. And you're like, I don't think they love you because you can't sing. I mean, that was good comedy. But anyway, so you need people affirming uh some of these thought I mean that that is a way that that this works um but I just don't think there's anybody that's going to say this is it I figured it out I mean we joke about it right hey I love you and I have a wonderful plan for your life yeah but it's a, it's like a platitude it's uh we really don't we don't know and you you've got to do that hard work and figure that out yeah so I think you know um I, I always appreciate when people uh, will let me know what it is that they like ultimately want to do uh, and then back it you know, or come right behind there with a, you know what, but right now I'll do anything um, you ask of me. You know, you need me to set up chairs, you need me to do, like, you know, whatever um, is not that ultimate thing. And, but they're real clear, like, hey, here's what I think I, I want to be doing. And, um, and you know, if, if you can help me do that thing, that would that would be great. And so there could be lots of pride and arrogance and even you can be self-deceived, as you talked about in there. But I think that's just helpful. And then yeah. other people can, can affirm or deny that that's a good idea. And they can also help you um, to, to kind of whatever whatever's in your heart just to do. And I think a lot of times, we're, yeah, we either, um, I think we wait for other people uh, to show us what to do or we just take all of our cues from everyone else. And we're trying to live someone else's life. We're trying to fulfill someone else's ministry. Yes. We're trying to, um, you know, operate out of giftings we don't have, and it's just a bad idea. So I don't, I don't hear a lot of people talk about that, Adam. I think it's really strong. A really strong idea is like hope, and you need to drive that. Yes. You need to understand and be a student of yourself and start coming up with, hey, there's ultimately what, the ways I think God wants to use me. Yeah. Um, that's a re- really good idea. And it's, it's, a, it's what you said. It's assertiveness. Yeah. You know, it's assertiveness, which assertiveness, just this being clear about what you're actually actually thinking and feeling and and what you want is one of the most essential skills in communication. It's it's essential in marriage. You and I talk about it a ton when we go to marriage. Whenever I do two-on-two premarital counseling, I feel like all I ever do is say assertiveness. You have to be able to communicate what you are thinking and what you want and what, what your desires are. And you get them out there, then you test them. Uh, and, and that's part of the communication is going, hey, here's what I think I want to do. This is what I want. Is that right? And that's when you get other people to speak into it. So just like assertiveness is such an essential skill in our marriages and our close interpersonal relationships, it's also an essential skill in leadership of just being able to say, I think this is where I want to go in life. I think this is the path that the Lord has me on now. 
people help me help me speak into this. Do you think that's plausible or not? But I, I can't wait for somebody else to be able to say that. So head, heart, hands, and hope. Those are some ways that I think uh, as leaders, if we want to grow in our ability to take initiative for the benefit of others and, and be good leaders, we have to be able to make this a common practice about us. So we got to take responsibility for our learning, for our emotional gauges, for getting better at what we do and where it is that we want to go. And so, John, what, what, you know, put a bow on this. What, what, what ultimately are we saying we need to do here? Yeah. So I think, I mean, I guess what you're going to say is just reject passivity. Yeah. Like we just take responsibility and, um, you know, other authors have written, um, um, uh, Stephen Pressfield has written how there's this, this thing called resistance. And so anything, uh, that you want to do that's, a, that's noble, that's good, that's right. That's, you know, that matters, there's going to be resistance between it. And you've got to basically just take it down. <laughs> and, and it's been helpful for both you and I, I know, just to kind of personify that, like, this isn't a, a thing. It's not a force. It's a person. And so there's a person that's standing between me and the ways God wants to use me or me. There's a person that stands between me and getting out of bed to go run in the morning. We laugh about like, sometimes I'll just picture this, you know, uh, this massive man in a, you know, in a, in a tank top that doesn't fit just saying, Hey buddy, just stay in bed. You're, you know, you're not going to get out of bed anyway. And, and it's just helpful for me to just go, I'm going to take this guy out, you know, and I just kind of, I play that, uh, that, that image in my mind, I'm going to get up and I'm going to, you know, punch him in, in the face and I'm going to put my shoes on and go. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that happens with anything emotionally or in our own learning or, uh, getting feedback. Well, it's just easy to stay in bed metaphorically. And we've got to say, no, there's someone that I've got to take down and I've got to take responsibility, um, and just do that, you know, uh, myself. Yeah. It, it, what I bet, you know, if we were going to study great leaders or people that accomplish great things, what we may be surprised by is the one thing that, or one of the major characteristics that they all have in common is that they wake up every day and they just they just punch resistance in the face. And so it's it's not that they were smarter than you. It's not that their background was different than yours. It's not that they had more skills than you. They just said, "I'm going to punch resistance in the face, and I'm going to take I'm going to take some ownership of this and just move forward." and and that's maybe the difference between a good leader and a great leader. This is some high-level leadership theory. <laughs> Wake up and punch resistance punch, in the face. Punch this, this man who's you, in, your, in your room with like a beer can. Just yeah. punch him in the face. You can't get this at Harvard. No. This is only right here on this podcast. So, Adam, um, okay, so I've just listened to this. I'm in the car. I'm going to be in my office in the next 10 minutes. Like, what should I do uh, with those four categories? How, how, can I, um, how can I take action on this? Yeah, so I, I would go... Walk into your office, walk into your home, grab a sheet of printer paper, just white sheet of paper, fold it in half, fold it in half again. Now you got a sheet of paper with four quadrants. And just right up in the in the upper corners, just write head, heart, hands, hope in one of those quadrants. And then just sit down and go, Lord, I'm listening. Help me think through this. How am I doing in each of these areas? And just sit down and just go, okay, what have I learned lately? How am I doing with my learning? Do I feel like... I feel like that's my responsibility. If I if I don't if I'm not learning right now, why not? Is it because my schedule's too busy? Is it because I just I'm not I'm not I don't know what I'm interested in. Just go through and evaluate all those. How are you doing emotionally? Who are the people in your life that like the the guy that you have lunch with every once in a while that really just breathes a lot of light? Who who are those people? Is your schedule crazy right now? Are you are you connecting with Christ every day? Are you doing those basic things? Why where's the gauge? emotionally are you getting better at what you what you need to do and and are you taking responsibility and do you feel like it's your responsibility to figure out the future and the hope 
and um, or are you waiting for somebody else to tell you? So I just sit down for those and, and just spend some time writing and then go find somebody that knows you and loves you and talk through those things. And, and I'm sure there'll be a game plan that will come out of that and give you plenty to do. Yeah, and even, even if it's just one thing in each quadrant, you know, yeah. probably um, there's one big lever, I would guess, you could pull um, in, in each one of those quadrants. Lots you could do. Uh, and I'd try to drive for the, like if I could only do one thing uh, yeah. to move the needle um, or move the, the gauge uh, in this uh, in this one, what would it be? And uh, and start start there. I think that'd be really great. You've talked about folding. I thought you were going to talk about origami or something, and I was out. But uh, I can I can fold the <laughs> paper. A swan. I could I make a I could fold the paper uh, twice, and uh, and I, th- I think that's a really it'd be a really really great exercise, and would show some self responsibility. There you right? go. Because the, the option is to to go to your inbox and see if anybody's got a plan for your life or uh, ways you can develop, and you're going no. I, this is me. I got to do this. I, I, this is this is uh, this is self discipline, uh, which is hard, uh, which is always behind anything that uh, that's you know uh, effective. Yeah, uh, always. Yeah, I don't know if we successfully are going to rename this. I think it will still be called self leadership, but hopefully, at the very least, we gave people some uh, some new ways to think about it or a fresh way to think about it where it makes sense now, and it's not just this weird thing that's out there. So, uh, well, if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, please feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at watermark.org and be sure to check out the show notes feature as well, uh, for all the notes on what we've talked about and links to other resources that we may have mentioned or that may be helpful along the way. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next time.